So the thing that I've learned the most um, is action is the answer. So people, what I find, tend to think about things in their minds for like a billion years before they take action. Well, I don't know who my ideal client is. Well, I'm not going to ask for any clients. It's like, no, you find your ideal client by coaching a million wrong ones. You know, you're like, that didn't work, or that was awesome, or I really like this about this person. You find the answers to every business question you have by trying out the things that are in your mind. Number 169. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. This podcast was created so that you would have direct access to the true stories of what it's like being a businesswoman, the real true journey of very savvy, very smart businesswomen. If you love these stories, then make sure you go to bizwomenrock.com and opt in so that you can get updated on all the latest podcast interviews, as well as how you can become a more active part of the whole Biz Women Rock community, which kind of rocks. So go to bizwomenrock.com. So excited to bring my guest to you today. Her name is Sally Hope, founder of the Wild Heart Revolution. Woo! Um, Sally's just amazing and incredible and uh, just has tons of funk and energy, and I just loved her. She began her career, her entrepreneurial career, as a life coach um, and talks about, uh, you know, what it was like actually making that a very real thing versus just kind of helping somebody out. And then a couple of years ago, started the Wild Heart Revolution, which is an entire community of people who are coming together and accessing what she has to live the life that they're really meant for. Um, And there's a lot of different um, parts and components of information that she gives. So it's not just business. It's not just love and relationships. It's really all over the place, which is really neat. So in this conversation, we really delve into how she's structured all of this, how how she's created this community, how she attracts people into it, um, how she is actually establishing a structure for this community. How, uh, she goes through her payment system, uh, how people are investing in it, um, and uh, how she keeps people engaged in it. It's just a very fascinating a conversation about how to monetize a community, how to put your arms around people that are looking for what you have, how to monetize that, make a business out of it, and then how to just keep on blowing it out. I just love this conversation, and I know you will too. So let's get going. Sally, what's going on, girl? Thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, Lady, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you and your people. Well, thanks. I'm really excited that you're here too. Number one, I love your energy and I love what you're all about. Um, you do a very good job of branding yourself and branding very authentically, I have to say. Like just in doing my research on you, I was already falling in love with you and I had not even talked to you yet. I was like, dude, this girl rocks, man. I got to talk to her. So uh, kudos on the branding for you. Um, I I am very, very curious and I'm so dying to make everyone listening aware of the journey that you've had um, because you're doing something really interesting. Um, somebody who started out as a life coach, you're doing, you've evolved into a really cool business. So let's start out on the life coaching part. How did you really start doing that? Like were, were that, was that your first forays into entrepreneurialism? 
Yeah, it absolutely was. And um, I'll tell you the story. It's funny because when I first got in, <laughs> when I first started thinking about being a coach, I absolutely did not even think for a second that what that meant was that I then was going to have to be a business owner and an entrepreneur. <laughs> so what happened for me was at the time, um, I was in a rock and roll band in Los Angeles and we were touring and we were, you know, living an awesome, fun rock star life. Well, things started to wind down in the music industry for us, and I seen her quit the band, and I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do with my life? And I totally had no idea. You know, I was like, well, people always like talking to me, and I, you know, I always, like, really wanted to help people and everything, and I realized that in the band, my favorite part of being in the band was when girls would come up to me after the show and be like, oh, my God, seeing you up on that stage is really inspiring me to live my own dreams. How do I do that? So at the time, I had started a website for people just that came to me through the through my band and was like, hey, girls, this is confidence, and, like, you know, this is how I did it. Or, you know, I'd give them, like, makeup tutorials or whatever. It's, it's <laughs> super silly and fun. It wasn't for money, like, at all. Right. Um, but I, I loved doing it. I loved sharing that information. I loved that spark when somebody went from, like, feeling like they had no options and possibility to all opportunity and inspiration and that really juiced me up but at the time I had never even heard of this thing called life coaching so what I did what you know a lot of people who grew up in academic families do I applied to graduate school <laughs> for, That's great. Um, <laughs> for a master's in therapy marriage and family therapy and I tried all these programs I took the GREs I went through all the rigmarole of like trying to get the application sorted, and I got accepted into my top choice school. And then I accepted. And then I threw up. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. I, I, I felt sick to my stomach. I had this, somebody in the meantime while I was applying to grad school had said, hey, you should be a life coach. There's this thing called life coaching, and it's really awesome. And I looked into it, and it looked, super janky. This was five years ago. And if you guys can't can believe it, five years ago, things were very different in yeah. the coaching world. It was not as popular as it is now. People would be life coaching. What's that? You know, all the websites I found for life coaching were like super not cool. And like nobody I definitely would want to talk to, you know? And it, it really uh, wasn't respected either. It was like this little flighty thing like, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like my weird aunt Nell, you know, says she's a life coach, you know, and <laughs> and it's like this weird thing. People would think it, it it's had this air around it that it was strange. But when I looked at the description of what it did, which was basically taking very able people and making them more able to reach their dreams. And when I looked at that, and I'm, still, I'm getting chills right now, even as I'm talking about it, because that was the feeling I had then. I'm like, that's what I want to do. Like, that's what I do now. That's what I want to do. And I just wish it wasn't this weird thing. So I had this choice to make between going to grad school, which in my family was way more acceptable, and in my, you know, upbringing made more sense. It was like, quote, unquote, and making air quotes in my house, you guys can't see right now. Um, <laughs> it was stable, you know, it seemed like a stable thing to do, but yet it made me throw up. And so I, I remember this moment, I was sitting on the floor in my apartment, and I was like, what am I going to choose, you know? And I, I made this choice. I said, you know what? I'm not going to live my life based on something that makes logical sense in the brain based on my family's opinions, based on, you know, society's opinions. This life coaching thing, I don't give a, I don't know if you bleep or not, I don't give a whatever about um, 
you know, if people are going to think I'm some weirdo or crazy, this lights my spirit. And when I think about it, it makes me so excited that this is the choice I'm doing. So I called up my school and I said, I'm sorry. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm not going to be coming to class in the fall. I, um, I, uh, <laughs> I signed up for CTI, the Coaches Training Institute, mm-hmm. and I instantly felt a surge of excitement, and then, so I started courses, and then got into the courses, then graduated, did certification, and after that, I was like, oh, crap, now I have to have a business. <laughs> I just want to point out here that that you've just pointed out exactly how to know whether you've made the right decision or not, whether you puke or you get excited. <laughs> I know. I actually totally wrote um, I wrote a um, blog post about this one. It's like the puke test, basically. That's hilarious. <laughs> and it's so true. It's so, so very true. So um, I do. I want to dig into the, that moment that you stopped at, which is, okay, now I've, I'm so excited and look at all this possibility. And now all of a sudden you're like, crap, this is like a real business. Like I actually have to make money doing this. I have to actually have some sort of a value proposition. I have to find people who are interested and, oh, I'm no, I'm no longer, you know, traveling with a band to be able to get access to these people. So how, how did you figure all that stuff out in the very beginning? Yeah, that's such a great question. And, you know, I think everybody's answer is probably different when you ask them this question. For me personally, it was such a crazy time in my life. I simultaneously, like literally the week I graduated coaching school, I had a major breakup with the guy that I thought I was going to marry. And I was going to be on my own, um, moving out of that. You know, we had shared everything. I was going to have to be paying all the rent, all the everything by myself in in one of the most expensive cities in the world. And I didn't have a job at the time. And so the way that I had to look at it was like, okay, this is like, this is it. You know, this is make or break. You've got to figure this out fast. And at the same time, I I kind of was in this place where I was saying yes to a lot of opportunities. I was just like, I had this, I had this like have to do it mentality and I also had this want-to-do-it mentality. I really believed in the power of coaching, and I had been coaching for a year at this point because you have to coach while you're in school in order to stay in school. Okay. So I had, I had to have paying clients. And so my very first client, when I was in my coaching school and we had to have, you know, basically guinea pigs, um, was, like, literally, like, my step aunt, you know, or like my friend's, my friend's girlfriend, or like my mom's best friend, or like my best friend, or my college friends, you know, I literally reached out to everybody I knew, and I said, hey guys, I'm doing this thing called life coaching, you might not know what it is, this is how I describe it, this is, you know, what I think is really cool about it, and the benefits that are here, I'm looking for practice clients. Um, if this is interesting to you, let me know. And so they had to be paying in order for me to count them for school. That was part of my school's practice was to be like, you guys have to learn how to get paying clients. And so honestly, (laughs) so my my first clients, they paid like $25 a month, you know, to get four (laughs) hours of coaching. But to me, I looked at like, I've always had the point of view that in order to be an excellent person or an excellent person at what you do, you have to do it a lot. And you have to do it a lot for not, a, not you know, top dollar pay right in the beginning until you are have enough skill to deserve top dollar pay. Mm. And not deserve in a way of like, well, you don't deserve it, but more like I personally in my value set, integrity-wise, didn't feel like I was ready for top dollar prices for a while. Um, so I kept doing this. 
you know, $50 a month, $20 a month. I literally traded a blanket once for coaching. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, they're like, I I don't have any money, but I would love to like make you a cashmere blanket. I'm like, yes, that sounds great. I live in Montana. So perfect. So what, Uh, I got to ask this, what were some of the like immediate lessons, like business lessons that you learned in that first year or two of dealing with clients um, and, you know, just being able to run this as a business. What were some of the, those poignant lessons that you learned? So the thing that I've learned the most um, is action is the answer. So people, what I find, tend to think about things in their minds for like a billion years before they take action. Well, I don't know who my ideal client is. Well, I'm not going to ask for any clients. It's like, no, you find your ideal client by coaching a million wrong ones. You know, you're like, that didn't work, or that was awesome, or I really liked this about this person. You find the answers to every business question you have by trying out the things that are in your mind. You think you want to do a course? Okay, try it, and then decide if you want to do a course. You know, do beta testing. Um, You know, test out your um, services on people, whether it's like, you know, a beta for free, whether it's cheaper, whether it's whatever. But I think a lot of people get really stopped in trying to have the perfect solution for the things. Like the course has to be perfect. It has to be just like B-School or just like whatever, right. you know, so those course or else I'm not doing it. Well, you know, that's not how it has ever worked for me. It's always been like, well, shit, I just got to jump in there, try it out, and then, you know, see what works, see what doesn't, and reevaluate. Right. I love that. And I couldn't agree more. I think that's so true. Um, You mentioned B-School. I know that you did take B-School with Marie Forleo. Um, I know you got really activated there. Uh, How important has it been for you to get entrepreneurial education and support? 100% way important. I think that, um, you know, in the very beginning of my business, when I was sitting there in my office, like, shit, I have a business now. Like, what am I going to do? You know, I didn't know anything about business. I mean, I did. I, 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 I knew some things, but I didn't know I didn't know shit about online business and online marketing at all. Um, I took B school; it totally changed my life. I've taken other things. I've hired coaches. You know, I think education is absolutely important. Um, find a program that gives you the skills that you don't have. At the time, for me, I didn't have marketing. You know, I didn't have the foundation of online marketing, so I chose that one. But it's been instrumental. And not only that, you're going to meet people in a community that are going through the same thing you are because most people who want to start businesses, all their friends and family have zero clue what the hell you're talking about when you're all like, oh, my mailing list. They're like, what? MailChimp. And you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, and they don't understand what you're going through. Yeah. So the community aspect of programs I have found to be so important, which is also kind of why I created my business model the way I did. Right. Well, right. let's hop on into that. You had a major uh, turning point in your business when, you know, for all these years you had been doing one client at a time. That's what you did as a coach. And then now you launched Wild Heart Revolution, which is an entire community. Um, and I want you to talk a little bit about what precipitated creating that community. And then I want you to talk about exactly what it is. Thank you. That's such a great question. So what I found in my one-on-one coaching, which um, was wildly fulfilling for a really long time, was that I ended up getting clients coming to me with the same exact problems, and I ended up teaching them the same exact things. So every single call, there was about three things I would teach people. And it started to get to the point where I was like, wow, this is a really important um, bit of information for me to have. Everybody comes to me for the same things. I tell them the same things. And so what I really wanted was to be able to 
have a bigger, wider scope of teaching those same things I was teaching to everybody. Because I'm like, you know, if people are paying top dollar to talk to me personally for one hour, but I'm telling them the same thing that I told the person before that, basically, you know, mm-hmm. why not create a situation where people can have access to this for a really affordable price um, and have it all the time. Because the thing is, is, you know, not everybody can have a coach for all of time, especially when the coaches charge $100, 200 $300, $500 an hour, right. you know. So my intention was, with it was to reach more people and to reach more people at a price that, like, almost anybody can afford. Because I have always found that although I know coaching is worth the, the the price because I have my own coach. I know the value of it. I also think that it's inex- it's not very accessible to most people right. who really, really need it. And so my intention and goal was to like get us all together and let's pool, you know, basically pool our funds and pool our expertise and pool our um, talents and have a community and a group coaching program in a way that's never been done before at a price that's super affordable. So that was like where I came from when I created Wildheart. And what Wildheart has since turned into is it's been so fun because as a leader of Wildheart Revolution, I I don't assume that I'm the smartest person in the room. You know, I assume that the the collective and the group and the people that are attracted to it are just as brilliant as me. And so I really lean on my community to tell me what they want and to tell me what um, they need. And so what Wildheart is now, it's a um, it's me and my team of coaches. So I have me, a business coach, a love and relationship coach, and then a tarot reader, um, who every single day, Monday through Friday, we have a coaching hour that is based on one of those topics. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll have business coaching on Monday with Ellen, and then all day Monday we'll kind of talk about business things. Tuesday is live with me on the phone. You get me, you know, you can call in and get coached. And then Wednesday is tarot readings for the people who, you know, are, are on that more spiritual side or who really like answers, you know, and don't want to get coached. They just want to be like, should I date this guy or not? You know, and you're like, <laughs> yes or no, my tarot, my tarot card says give him more time, you know, or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, Thursdays is another coaching hour with me. And then Fridays is all about love and relationships. So the model is your life does not happen in a vacuum. That just because you're a business owner doesn't mean you don't have problems in your relationship or, you know, you need to talk about this fight you had with your mom or something. I look at life like very holistic. And I think that what I found missing in a lot of the programs and group coaching that I was a part of was it only handled one side of myself. You know, it was either a business program or it was a love program, but nothing talked about my entire my entire person. And so... When I created Wildheart, I wanted it to be like, you know, we handle the whole entire person. You have opportunities five days a week to get coaching. And then we have, um, you know, brilliant people who are brilliant at what they do teach you on their expertise. And I'm, you know, there to hold the space and to create the brand and to make the, um, you know, the whole thing work. And, I mean, I could go on and on about Wildheart, too. It has, you know, we have stuff subgroups but I just want to kind of stop there and check in with you yeah 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 I mean it's and here's what I'm loving from hearing that and here's where I want to dig in deeper is that uh, you definitely have a very specific structure which I think 
um, is vital for any community. And I think the communities that just kind of like they start and then there's no structure, there's no culture established, they I think they dissipate or just get crazy really, really quickly. Um, but I love the fact that you have a very specific structure. This is what we do on Mondays, on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays. Um, how... I'm very interested in knowing how you organize the partnerships with the fellow coaches. Um, Was this just your idea? And then you said, hey, I want you to be a part of this. Or was this like a brainstorm between a few of you? And now you guys all kind of co-run it? Or how does that all work? So Wild Heart grew very organically. In the beginning, all it was, in my mind, was a weekly lesson and two coaching opportunities with me. And that was it. And what happened was when I first opened it up, I have brilliant, brilliant coach friends in my life. I have brilliant people in my life. And I, I wanted to share. You know, I was like, right. I, want you to, I want you to teach this thing that you've taught because it's so freaking good. Will you come into my group and teach this thing? And they're all like, sure, awesome, I'd love to. After those calls, I think Ellen was the first one. She's my business coach. She came in to talk about, um, I can't remember exactly what her topic was at that call, but it was something having to do with business or getting clients or something, and it was so amazing. And I was like, would you be interested in doing that again? And she was like, totally, you know. And then I brought in Natalie, my love, who's now my love and relationship coach, to talk about her favorite thing, which was, you know, um, your wish list of how to call in your dream partner. Right. and it was so amazing and magical. I was like, would you want to do this again? You know, and it sort of just came into like, well, what about like a weekly hour? Like, would you be down to kind of just come in and coach and talk to the, the girls about business for or girls and guys um, for an hour or whatever? And they were like, sure, you know, so it really was very organic. We just kind of tried it out and it grew from there, you know, and then it was like, okay, this is a thing. Like, let's make this part of the 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 program and the sales page. Like, this is what you're getting with Wildheart, and so I brought them on as team members, and I still, you know, drive the ship and everything, but we all consult together, and we pay attention to what happens in the group, and we're, you know, always refining and always being like, hey, how can we make this better, and how can we make this more cool, and um, what do you think the group needs, you know, so we definitely are a team, um, and I'm, I'm still at the helm. I love that. I, I think that's really great and really a great usage of, of leveraging other people's skill sets in a way that that contributes to what your community is asking for. Um, how do you structure like how how do you monetize? I'm, I'm making the assumption that it's, you know, like a monthly investment that that people are making to be able to participate in that. Is that how it works or is there other stuff that I'm not seeing? Yeah, so this is a um, it's a membership model. So that means that any time that I have a open enrollment period, I will, um, I allow for three different types of memberships. It's either quarterly, semi-annually, which is six months, or yearly. So somebody can buy any of that. So what that means is when they sign up, they're signing up for a reoccurring payment to have, have to reoccur every time their, um, the one they chose came up. So quarterly is every three months. So if you're like, okay, I'm going to do quarterly, it's going to reoccur every three months unless that person cancels it, which they, of course, can. Right. Um, so in the beginning I did a monthly one. I was like, okay, you know, this is monthly. You can, you can come and go any month you want. But what I found was that people tend to not take things super seriously if they don't have some kind of investment in it, a time investment, a money investment or whatever. And so the monthly one for me just didn't seem to, didn't have the same goal that I wanted, which was like, you commit to your change. That's what wild heart is. (laughs) You know, it's like you take responsibility 
for the change that happens in your life. And in my opinion, three months is the minimum. What? Why do you do an open enrollment period versus people can come in at any moment? So that was something that I tried out for lots of different reasons. Um, I I liked the feeling of people coming in together, you know, almost like a freshman class. Right. And having the energy of like, okay, you know, veteran Wild Hearts, this is when our new Wild Hearts are going to come in. Make sure you welcome them. Make sure you teach them the ropes. Like it, it allows for people, the people that have been in there for a while to kind of like with open arms accept the new members and it helps the new members feel like there's an energy around them showing up instead of kind of just like, oh, you know, Jennifer joined today, whatever, you know, like right. it's kind of like, wow. You know, here's all the new members, like we tag them, we welcome them, we usher them in, and we show them the ropes. And I really like that energy. And it becomes a family at that point, instead of just a rotating, you know, that person's there and then they're gone. You know, it's it, it has a very different energy. I've tried both, and I've liked both, but I've chosen this one to stick with this one for now. What um, What's the longevity, the average longevity that most people stay in? It really depends. So some people leave right after three months, and I've had people in there that have been um, in there since the day it opened, August 14th, 2013, and who are still going strong and love it and are very active. Wow. So, yeah, so it really depends on people's needs and what they use it for. Wildheart is definitely one of those places that, like, you have to use what's available to you in order for it to work for you. Right. So for some for some people, they might be too busy. You know, I get this a lot. Like, I'm in a million other courses right now. You know, I'm just not putting in the time and everything. And that's fine. You know, like, that's life and that's how it goes. And for other people, they come to every single office hour. They, you know, they discuss the, what we call heart work, which is the lesson that happens every Monday that we kind of center our conversations around for the whole week. Um, you know, they do every heart work. They show up to all the guest coaching calls, which is people that I bring in from the outside to teach their, you know, their beautiful, amazing things that they teach. Um, and it's very different. Like everybody's experience in there is what they make of it. And with every individual so different, everybody kind of has their own timeline for being in there. What kind of things do you do to make sure that it stays fresh for everyone, especially for those people who've been on since the very beginning? Uh, because I would imagine you know, the, the enemy of the, your entire business model is stagnation. So what kind of things are you doing to make sure you keep everything fresh? Yeah, that's a really great question. So the thing with Wild Heart is it's really live. It's live and in the moment. So five days a week, you have chatting. You have people talking about what's currently going on in their life today, right the second. It's not like, you know, what's, well, what was I done about last week? And in the one call you do every month or something, it's like, nope, every day you can be like, where am I at today? Do I have a relationship thing today? You know, and I think that keeps it fresh already because life, the only thing we know for sure is that things change, right? And so, like, at every given day inside Wild Heart, you could be at a different place, but you have an opportunity to talk. Um, I bring in new people every single week, every single month to talk about their brilliant thing. I bring in psychics. I bring in, you know, scientists. I bring in um, experts in body, you know, body love or experts in um, health and fitness, you know. So there's always new topics to be um, talking about. And then every single week in the heart work that I send out, I tailor it. I pay a lot of attention to what people are talking about, not just in Wild Heart, but like, in the global community, you know, what are the conversations that are happening in the world? 
and I tailor the heart work to that. So it's very integrated into life. You know, it's not just like, okay, write in your journal for five minutes this week. You know, it's more like, hey, I've noticed this conversation happening around body. You know, what are your guys' thoughts? And here are some things to try or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very fresh and tailored. I don't schedule, I don't have an editorial calendar for Wild Heart because I don't believe in it. You know, I'm like, this is life and life happens today, not not six months ago that I'm scheduling for six months from now. Like, that's just not how I personally roll. Right, right. Um, now let's talk a little bit about your retreat. You had just a, a whole new evolution of your business when you decided to do a retreat for the Wild Heart Revolution. Talk a little bit about that and, um, and how that actually played out. Yeah, totally. So, um, so the reason I wanted to do a retreat was because I had been to a retreat that changed my life. I, it was in Montana before I lived there and it was, combining a lot of things that I was really interested in at the time, like um, <laughs> like uh, sporting clay shooting and ATVs and horses and the great outdoors, you know, in the greater Montana beautiful state that it is. Um, the thing I found, but the thing that happened was that I found that there was something missing in my experience there, which was connection and conversation around our lives and what these amazing activities were bringing up for us. Because what you have in anything that's takes you out of your comfort zone a little bit, which for me at the time doing that was, um, is, is your, you know, you have fears that come up. You have to overcome those fears. I went there by myself. I drove there, you know, in a, in a van with my dog and a two day trip, which actually turned into like a three month trip by myself, <laughs> you know, um, by myself. And I had to, I had to climb the mountain, you know, to get there. And what I, that conversation was missing for me in that experience. And when I was there, I was like, someday I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it better. You know, I'm going to do it in a way that is, is involves connection and heart opening and conversation around what, what, what even got us here to this point. I'm also going to show, you know, people the beautiful state of Montana, which I now live in. I'm going to, you know, provide these experiences for them so that they maybe have something that changes their life like it did for me. Right. And so that was really the where I was coming from with it. And what I found was that happened. You know, people just being able to get on the plane to come to Montana, which might as well for most people be Timbuktu. You know, they think it's in the <laughs> you know, it's like nobody knows where it is. And it feels like this really, really like wild place, you know, and it is. And so, you know, what I found was that that happened for people just saying yes, just buying the ticket, getting there with all these strangers making connections, making friends, being open to these experiences of things they've never done before, that really um, changed something for them. And then we were able to have these conversations and form relationships with each other in a really beautiful way. Hmm. Sally, how do you think that you have evolved most as an entrepreneur throughout this journey so far? Uh, what a great question. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I've noticed is that to be an entrepreneur is to be tenacious. It is not easy. You know, it is not easy in a lot of ways. You have to be resilient. You have to be smart. You have to be forward thinking. You have to be a visionary. You have to be kind. You have to be authentic. You have to be, um, you have to have marketing and business skills. You, there's a lot of aspects of what you need to have in order to make it work. 
And I think what I've learned is that those moments where I am, like, you know, most business owners, whether they'll tell you this or not, am on the floor crying, upset, sad, scared, you know, worried about, oh, my gosh, like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to continue to do this? And you keep upping your own game. And every time you do that, you're back on that floor crying, being like, how am I going to do this? Right, right. You know, so I think the thing, and and that, and, you know, and I'm being just totally honest here, like, that happens for me still a lot, you know, where I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, how am I going to do this? And this vision I have, how am I going to create it? You know, every stage of the game in my own business has been that. I have this vision, how am I going to create it? I have this vision, how am I going to do it, you know? And I think the thing that I've grown the most with is tenacity, which is, you know, picking yourself up off the floor when you're there and continuing to go continuing to walk one foot in front of the other, no matter how scary or, or um, worried you, scary it is or worried you might be, that's been my biggest growth, is to be able to sit with those emotions that are really intense and to not throw in the towel and be like, you know what, nope, like, this is too freaking hard. Like, I'm not going to do it. It's, it's the ability to put the foot in front of the other and to say, you know what, I believe in this as so much. I believe in what I'm doing enough. And so much that it needs to be in the world and I'm going to do it no matter if I cry every single day for a year or not. Mm. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I couldn't think of a better way to really wrap up this interview. So Sally, I really want to thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing about your journey. And I know it's only just begun. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me the space to share. I really appreciate that. takeaways was that she has an open enrollment period for people coming into her community and I loved her reasoning behind that and I think my all-time favorite piece of information that she gave was the fact that you have to just try stuff figure it out fail do it not right before you figure out how to do it right because my goodness every single one of us can identify with that right I know I can Anyway, um, loved her energy, loved her openness, and really appreciated all the information that she gave in that, and I hope you did too. I will see you on the next episode. 